Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Woke by Accident podcast. It is a weekly chat about socially conscious topics impacting the culture. I'd like to extend my gratitude in you listening to this podcast. It means everything to me, and I hope it is clear that this subject matter is so important to me. I care about our people, our future, and making a positive change in this nation. This episode is powered by Poddex. Do you find it difficult to come up with content ideas for your podcast? Or perhaps you've gotten stuck during an interview with a guest where you just have nothing more to ask. Try Poddex today. Poddex is the best all-in-one podcast idea generation tool. You get everything from episode ideas to interesting conversation starters for interviews, engaging discussions for your live streams, and even social media content ideas. With this tool, you don't have to spend weeks trying to come up with content for an episode or unique questions for your guests. Just shuffle the cards, pick one at random, hit the record button and get started. Now you can make better content, have more fun while you're at it, and get your viral moment all with Poddex. Head over to poddex.com and use code C4C. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Woke by Accident podcast. Today we have a special guest, Effie Levi from the Forefront Radio. He's going to join us in an interesting conversation today about this documentary that I came across produced by Tina Knowles that takes a look at some of the stereotypes surrounding black men. Welcome to the show, AFL. Thanks for having me. I appreciate talking about this uh, discussion and getting into this great dialogue. Definitely uh, glad to have you here. And so um, the narrative that black men are dangerous, this seems to have been a part of American society for a very long time. Now this narrative is the subject of a new documentary which is executive produced by Tina Knowles, who is Beyonce's mother. And this examines several myths and stereotypes which black men face. And we talked about um, some of the stereotypes going back in history that that is a part of our history, such as Sambo and the happy slave, or Sambo was like the happy slave, and Mammy, and Jim Crow, the savage, and things like that. And so this documentary takes a look at some of the stereotypes that black men face today, such as black men being dangerous black men being uneducated black men are unprofessional black men are absentee fathers these are the myths and stereotypes that this uh i believe it's four or five parts um and they're going to take a look at all of these different uh stereotypes and myths so and it's on discovery plus network i checked out the first episode after seeing a lot of buzz and chatter online today many are criticizing it actually for it focusing solely on the black man and not focusing on the issues uh about the black woman for example domestic violence and other matters and while I understand the concern, I feel that there's room in the conversation for all of these matters. I feel that this topic is worth 
attention, especially in light of recent cases, such as the Ahmaud Arbery and D. Monterio Gibson situation, which uh, we had a young man who was a FedEx driver attacked by a copycat Ahmaud Arbery situation, the father and son um, attacking this young man in Mississippi. So cases like that where black men are being singled out and uh, targeted, if you will, and felt like they don't belong in the neighborhood and things like that. This is why this type of uh, documentary is appropriate, I feel. So I want to bring Levi into the conversation. Definitely, when it comes to this discussion, it's very important for us to understand and recognize the false stereotypes, the myths, as well as the uh, uh, ideological thoughts of men that produce these false narratives. For example, the movie that came up that was one of the first primary movies of the United States was a movie by the name of Birth of a Nation. In this movie, it depicted a black man as a savage, as a rapist, as a man that is sexually aggressive towards Caucasian women and inputting many stereotypical uh, diatribes into the image of a black man. Now, when we look at the history book known as the Bible, we as a nation of people were in high regard all throughout the earth. We were a nation of kings and priests. We have books in the Bible called kings. We have books in the Bible called judges. So for them now to enslave our people and denigrate us to a lower standard is uncouth, and it's, it has to be eradicated off the face of the earth. When you look at the book of Psalms, chapter 94, the Most High says this, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of men, that they are vanity. The word vanity means something that is useless, something that is a lie, something that is propaganda. The thought that the Europeans placed into the minds of our people, and now even within our sisters, is that Black men are dangerous, is that Black men are uneducated, is that Black men are unprofessional is that Black men don't take care of their kids. While this does exist in some small instances, that's not the norm. The majority of us as men honor our women by taking care of them as wives, honor our children and provide for them as strong fathers. And they don't want us to rise up as a nation of people. They want to keep us psychologically, mentally, and physically destroyed to follow after these stereotypes. Just like they say, life imitates art. I know you heard that term before. Life imitates art. So God says in Psalms 94, 16, who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? This documentary, although I haven't seen it as of yet, I commend the woman for at least trying to restore the image of our men in the proper light to show that we do have professional men, CEOs, men that have uh, degrees, men that have restored the image of the black man throughout society as lawyers, as doctors, as entrepreneurs. You have successful surgeons such as Ben Carson. You have CEOs and entrepreneurs such as the Jay-Zs of the world, the George Foremans, Michael Jordans, the uh, Robert Johnson who created the uh, Black Entertainment Television Network before it went into the foolishness of Viacom owning it. All these different people are, are taking the efforts 
not to mention the Nigerian doctors, the Haitian doctors, the, the various other people in our diaspora, besides our African-Americans, that help to produce great things on this earth. You got Robert Gordon, who was a former slave. He was born a slave in uh, 1888, I believe he died, but he eventually purchased his own freedom and moved to Cincinnati. There, he bought a coal yard and ran it so successfully that he was able to overcome attempts by his competitors to drive him out of business. You have Annie Malone, 1957 was when she, per she uh, passed away. That's fairly recent, right? She's from Missouri, right? She was one of the first Black women to become a multimillionaire. Thanks to the businesses that she started, at the beginning of the 20th century, including a hair product line and other cosmetic products. You have Lewis Temple, who was a former slave of Virginia, who worked as a blacksmith and used his skills and talent to invent several products, including an improved iron harpoon for the whaling industry. These names are just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to entrepreneurship as a whole. But some of the details of their lives suggest the hurdles they had to overcome to be successful, which brings me to this point. Think about this for a moment, Jen. A lot of times people don't understand that you can never rise above the status of your people, meaning what? If you're a billionaire, if you're a millionaire, if you're a thousandaire, if you're a person that's successful in the entertainment industry or science or tech, Whatever image that the whole society views of your people is how they will perceive you. Prime example of that. You remember uh, a couple of years ago when, um, when, when Oprah Winfrey traveled overseas and she went and uh, shopped in a so-called exclusive European boutique, right? Yes. What ended up happening to her? Oh, from his store. And mm -hmm accused her of stealing or something um she was accused of something or yeah they said i don't want your nappy black head up in here <laughs> that's what they did i don't care right. if you're a billionaire i don't care if you're a ceo i don't care if you're oprah winfrey in my eyes you're just a negro that's Maybe. how they get down yeah they must not have realized that that was oprah or something they, so. they did, and and as a matter of fact they don't care to them, that's just a mama or angel mama, which is one of the stereotypes that we have to break. So one of our forefathers in the Maccabees, right, said this. He said, they said one to another, this is 1 Maccabees chapter 3, verse 43. They said one to another, let us restore the decayed estate of our people, of our people. The stereotypes in the American system and all throughout the world, it's not just on an individual basis. But as a people, as a race, we're looked down upon as the lowest scum of the earth. And we have to be the ones to put our own image out there. Like we read in Psalms 94, 16, that says, who will rise up for me? Who will rise up for me against the wickedness and the vanity of thoughts that is perpetuated out throughout the earth? Now, when you look at television programming, programming, television programming, it is run primarily by the European market. Majority of the movies, majority of the uh, documentaries are all directed by these other nations. They need to stop controlling the narrative of how they perceive us. 
we have to be at the forefront, pun intended, of destroying and dismantling these racial stereotypes that have been established in American history. Now, I have a, a segment real quick uh, by Ferris.edu about Jim Crow that gives a description of the problem. And it says this, the racial stereotypes of early American history had a significant role in shaping attitudes towards African-Americans. During the time, images of Sambo, images of Jim Crow, images of the Savage or Mammy, Aunt Jemima, images of Sapphira, uh, Jezebel, are still powerful and still alive to this day. There was a movie by the name of Django where Samuel L. Jackson played the simple-minded, docile Black man that was colonized in the mind, that was Hellenized and assimilated to be the quote-unquote happy slave. That's the Sambo caricature that many white slave owners molded African-American males to be. There's a book by the name of the Willie Lynch letters, right? Which documents how they want to create the image of a black man where he is emotionally and mentally weak, but physically strong, meaning able to work on a plantation like a mule, like a goat, like a cow, like any of these farm animals. That's what they want to perpetuate on our people, that Sambo image. But we have to dis uh, dissolve this uh, illusion that's on our people. Do you remember the, the, uh, the analogy that Malcolm X had provided, right? Of the house slave versus the field slave, how the field slave wanted to fight for liberty, wanted to resist oppression, wanted to deliver the people and bring them to a better light in society, right? And then you had the opposite, the house slave or the house Negro that wanted to follow the traditions of their oppressor, the religion of their oppressor, the ideologies, the educational system, the sciences, and every aspect of society has been perpetuated on this type of stereotype. So now we have to be the ones to break this cycle. We have to be the ones to teach our people, look, let us restore, let us restore the decayed estate of our people. We're the ones on the bottom of society, although we're the best at music, we're the best at singing, we're the best at sciences and vast inventions that the European nations stole from us. You see what I'm saying? Yes, right. Definitely. And, you know, I don't know if you've heard that some people dispute that the Willie Lynch is myth or not actual. I know we learn. I remember learning that from a teacher in school, but I know many years later, someone said it wasn't actual, or I guess factual. But I guess even if it wasn't the information in it, like the things that separate us, you know, that's based on information, you know, that was apparent and real during slavery. So exactly. In yeah. order to in order to dominate over an entire group of people, you had to set up some sort of uh, uh, some sort of playbook. <laughs> you mm. see what I'm saying? There's no right. way that you can enslave an entire race of people where you have 
two or three Caucasian weaklings and you have 500,000 slaves sitting there scared of that one man yeah. or that two, two or three people with guns and not rise up against them. So when you think of the Willie Lynch letter, the making of a slave is what it's called. It was a speech delivered by Willie Lynch to an audience on the bank of the James River in Virginia of uh, 1712, I believe, regarding how to control, how to control slaves within the colony. Think about this. What was the method that they used to control us? They used religion with the influence of a white Jesus, when we know the Bible teaches that Christ is black. They used education. How? Withholding us from the ability of being able to read nor write. So the making of a slave is eventually, uh, it has to be true because the speaker Willie Lynch is a man that literally existed and said to have had been a slave owner in the Caribbean islands, in the West Indies, right? And was summoned to Virginia in 1712, in part due to the several slave revolts in the area prior to his visit. And more so because of his reputation of being an authoritarian and strict in oppressing the people as a slave master, the Willie Lynch letter itself is an account of a short speech that he gave that tells other slave owners, here's how you run these Negroes. Here's the secret of controlling and enslaving these Israelites. Here's how you set them up and make them one against another. Now I got to ask the question, Jen, do we see these things happening today where you have black folks that's against each other? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I think it even spoke to, you know, creating dissension within the slaves, you know, pitting the light skin against the dark skin. How many conversations do we see on Clubhouse about, you know, the light skin versus like, you know, people are still having those debates and to this day. So, I mean, that started way back then. So mm -hmm. definitely all of that is still relevant. Yes. All that relates to post-traumatic slave syndrome. Mm -hmm. All our people have colorism that they have to deal with, <laughs> feminism that was created by the CIA. Gloria Steinem was a spook, a CIA agent, set up to infiltrate the, the movements of the civil rights and manipulate our women against our men, which is now what we see today, where you have all these gender wars, where people are fighting each other about who's a high value man versus who's a respectable woman. We have to fight against WAP culture now where the, the stereotype of our woman being Jezebel or Bedwench is perpetuated through our own music. And now we got to fight against that. That's why when we read that scripture that says, who shall rise up against the wickedness? Who shall rise up for me? The Most High needs men and women that are solid, that understand history and will redirect our people back to being a people of greatness, a people of strength, a people of honor, a people of integrity, a people of righteousness that follows the law, statutes, and commandments of the Bible and faith in the Black Messiah. Yes, definitely want to break down the stereotypes as you mentioned um, before. And so we will look at one particular moment in Black history. You mentioned a lot there, um, especially uh, happy that you mentioned the Annie Malone, um, who is from the great town of St. Louis, Missouri. 
And so we were very proud of that. Um, she actually had an orphanage here and, you know, cared for many uh, children and had great history. Uh, I encourage everybody to look up Annie Malone and the great things that she did aside from her hair care business. Um, the orphanage was a really great part of her legacy as well which she is remembered for greatly in St. Louis, Missouri. But um, in this um, discussion, I did want to bring this particular moment in Black history up to this, uh, our conversation about this narrative about Black men being dangerous and this fear and targeted and so on. And so it is about the Scottsboro Boys. And it happened back in March of 1931. And so a fight broke out on a Southern Railroad in Jackson County, Alabama, and the police arrested nine black youth, age ranging from 13 to 19 on a minor charge. When the deputies questioned two white women, Ruby Bates and Victoria Price, they accused the boys of raping them while they were aboard the train. So there were nine teenagers, Charlie Weems, Ozzy Powell, Clarence Norris, Andrew and Leroy Wright, Olin Montgomery, Willie Roberson, Haywood Patterson, and Eugene Williams. They were transferred to the local county, Scottsboro, so that's where the Scottsboro boys comes from to await trial. Now, four of them had known each other before the arrest, and news had spread across town of the alleged rape a highly inflammatory charge given the Jim Crow laws in the South. An angry white mob has surrounded the jail, leading the local sheriff to bring in the National Guard to prevent lynching from occurring. The trials and repeated retrials of the Scottsboro, Bo Scottsboro Boys sparked an international uproar and produced two landmark U.S. Supreme Court verdicts. And even as the defendants were first forced to spend years battling the courts and enduring harsh conditions of the Alabama prison system. And so uh, several trials and appeals occurred. And um, in 1932, in November of 1932, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled Powell versus Alabama, the Scottsboro defendants had been denied the right to counsel which violated their right to due process under the 14th Amendment. And so the other piece was that the U.S. Supreme Court overturned the Alabama verdicts, setting an important precedent for enforcing the right of African Americans to adequate counsel. And so um, this is really huge because they did not get a fair trial clearly and so um you know several with the trials and the retrials and the appeals and such the outcome ended up being let's see they had the two supreme court verdicts and then finally the one uh young man that outlived all of the others clarence norris he received a pardon from governor george wallace of alabama in 1976 and he uh, died later in 1989. So he received a pardon in 76. And then it wasn't until 2013 that the Alabama Board of Pardons and Parolees 
voted unanimously to issue a posthumous pardon to Patterson, Weems, and Andy Wright, bringing a long overdue end to one of the notorious most racial injustice in long history. And so um, I encourage people to look up this case. You know, we did not learn about this in school. I know I did not. And, um, you know, it just shows you when you don't know your rights, what can happen to you. It kind of reminds me of Central Park Five. You know, some of those young men, one of the young men didn't even know the other ones. And they're all like, being accused together and tried together and not getting proper counsel and things like that and rights being violated and things, you know, things like that. So I wanted to bring Levi back into the conversation, but it really, um, I, you know, wanted to pull this in with that whole narrative of black men and that dangerous and so on. Definitely it's something to look into and discuss because that whole stereotype, like we mentioned before, stems from the illusions that they put through the pop propaganda of that movie, Birth of a Nation. Now, what's shocking to me is that these are not people that are in their 30s or 40s. These are children from ages 13 to 19. Those are kids. Those are little boys. And some flapjack Karen from back in the day wants to accuse them of raping. So now, Historically speaking, let's get the, let's let's get the facts right. You have a, a stupid uh, movie from Disney about Pocahontas, right? Pocahontas was a, abducted and raped by European colonists. It wasn't this fanciful story of her being in love, and she was a slave woman that was enslaved by the oppressor and raped, right? Argyll threatened to destroy her village if she didn't willingly board his ship. Pocahontas had to give her baby before going onto this ship. During her captivity or slavery, they repeatedly raped her, which made her depressed and secluded. This is the facts of history, the history of yesterday, that they leave out of your Disney channel, that they leave out of the history channel, okay? Men, as strong Black men, we honor and respect our women. It is rare that you have instances of this happening. It's a small percentage. It does occur, but a majority of our men take care of their wives, take care of their kids. So now for this early Karen to accuse these young men of allegedly raping her, and then after the fact, they have to go through legal troubles and, and all these different things as children, as children, shows that the deep pervasiveness of the stereotypical Black man being a, a quote-unquote aggressor or a quote-unquote sexual predator for little teenagers, barely teenagers, 13 to 19, right? Barely adults. So now in the Bible, it talks about how this system of governance lurks against our people. Watch this. Psalms chapter 10, verse Eight, it's talking about the wicked and how the Lord looks upon what the wicked do to the righteous of the earth. It says this, he sitteth in the lurking places of the villages. In the secret places doth he murder the innocent. His eyes are prevalently set against the poor. Who's in more poverty than the so-called black man and the black woman here in America? Although we have so many people that are striving to be successful, 
Those instances of the Jay-Z's and the Beyonce's are few and far between. The majority of our people are either low class or middle class as far as their financial status. But we previously talked on different episodes on how we derive and we are the descendants of great people on the earth. We have ancestors such as King David, King Solomon, black men that established our throne and had dominion over all the nations with great wisdom, with great honor. But now that we were enslaved and put at a lower state, the same people that oppress us now accuse us falsely. They, they put us through the new prison population, which is uh, 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 slavery in a nutshell. And they denigrate our image by still perpetuating the stereotypes that we're going through till this day. So let's touch on the 14th Amendment, because I recall it, it, you were uh, stepping on that, right? How in uh, November of uh, 1932, the Supreme Court had ruled in favor of Powell versus Alabama, right? And uh, they were denied their right to counsel, right? The 14th Amendment, right, was ratified in 1868, and it granted citizens to all persons born of naturalized uh, uh, and born within the United States including our ancestors who were enslaved, to be guaranteed all citizens equal protection of the law. Equal, equal protection of the law. So now, if the job of the police officer, who's the modern day slave catcher, is to protect and serve, they're not serving me a sandwich. They're not protecting me from black on black crime, nor white on black crime. So what exactly are their, is their job? Their only job and purpose is to convict you of a crime, to prosecute you of an alleged crime, okay? There's no equal protection when you have to drive down the road and you're in fear for your life of getting pulled over and somebody mistakenly taking their taser and saying, oh, oops, it's not a taser, this is gonna blow your freaking brains out. No. So the Bible is a true book. It says, referring to the wicked, he sitteth in the lurking places of the villages. So you're driving through the city, right? Imagine this. You're going 30 miles per hour. You're going 30 miles per hour. The speed limit says 25 MPH. Just for you going five miles above the speed limit, you get pulled over. As you get pulled over, you say, I have my seatbelts on. I'm good. I have my license on me. I'm good. Okay, I have all my paperwork and documentation. Show me your papers. Show me your papers like Nazi freaking Germany. The police comes to your door. Get your hands up. Get your hands up. My hands are on the steering wheel, sir. Calm down. I'm, 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 I'm listening to all your instruction. Get out. Get out of the vehicle. Get out of the vehicle. These are the things that we have to deal with. And next thing you know, you have stories such as the George, George Floyd incidents, uh, Ahmaud Arbery, and other Black men that are persecuted by those that are lurking in the village. In the secret places, these individuals murdered the innocent. The Bible is a true book. So if the 14th Amendment is supposed to give us equal protection of the law, the Bible says that the soul that's within America is not right. It ain't right because they say one thing, but their actions prove louder than their words. Good point, good point. Um, definitely a good message there. And yeah, I mean, the 14th Amendment, yeah, you covered a lot there. 
was a lot. That was a lot. So, you know, what are some of the ways that we can move past these stereotypes in the community? In order to resolve this, we have to restore the decayed image of our people, right? Mm -hmm. When you look at uh, Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, it talks about the creation of the first Black man and Black woman, Adam and Eve, right? It says that the God of creation, right, the Most High, said to make man in our image. If we as a nation of people conduct ourselves with honor, dignity, and respect, right, for one another and for uh, our women and our children, we will know that we, in fact, are made in the image of God Almighty, we were created to have dominion over this earth. We were created to be the head and not the tail. So in order to overcome the wickedness of society, we must unite as a nation of people, put away your religious ideologies, put away your pol politics, the false education narratives of white supremacy, and remove the slave house Negro mentality within your mind. You are not a Negro. You are chosen, you are special, you are unique, you are different, as it is written in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. And let's read that briefly. Let's read that briefly, because the Bible describes how God sees us, not how the wickedness of society sees us, not how Babylon the Great here in America sees us, but this is how God Almighty sees us. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6, referring to the children of Israel. For thou art a holy people. What does the word holy mean, Jen? What do you think the word holy means? So it makes me think of being pure or something that you revere. Yes, exactly. Something revered. Mm -hmm. Holy means separate. It means different. It means unique not the same like everybody else. That's how God created us to be. The way we, we uh, shape our hair with braids and the coils of the locks and the uh, different styling techniques that we do just for our hair alone is vastly different than all across the earth. Most, of pe most people on the earth just wear their hair down and that's it. Or they wear their hair up and that's it. But what other nation of people is separate, is different, is unique in just the hairstyles alone, in the vocal patterns of how we sing, the beats of how we make our music, the education of how we think when we do math, when we do science, when we illustrate the, the vast richness of poetry and art. It's vastly different than all the peoples of the earth. Let's read the verse again. It says, for thou art, art a holy people unto the Lord thy God, which shows you that God is not the God of everybody. The God of the Bible is the God of the Israelites. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people. So now I'm asking you a question, Jen. You chose the man that you're married to, right? He's special to you. Does that mean now that you love every person that's on the planet? No. Not in the same manner. Exactly. Not <laughs> no. in the same way. So God may have created all these nations on the earth. Yes, God created all beings. But there's a particular group of people that he says, you know what? You mean the world to me. Just like you say to your husband, 
No matter what situation happens, honey, you mean the world to me. That's how God feels about us. He says, you are chosen. You are special unto himself. Meaning I secluded you out of all the nations of the earth. I specifically chose you to be a nation of priests, to be a nation of kings, to have rulership with the Messiah in the last days. That's what God set us up to be. Not niggas, not coons, not spicks, not all these derogatory stereotypes. We were made to be honor. We were made to be gold tried in the fire. You see what I'm saying? So when you read in the Bible, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, who meant the world to God? Who did God love in the past? The children of Israel. That's you so-called Blacks, Hispanics, Native Americans. Does that make sense? Yes. It does. You know? So <laughs> as a solution, we have to see ourselves at a high regard. We do. Which is why I'm appreciative that this woman is, uh, Beyonce's mother, is making this documentary and touching on that, right? Why the hell would I be concerned about domestic violence when that's just a small percentage of what's happening greater all, greater in the greater community? We have so much more things that are of much necessity to fix as opposed right. to one segment of denigrating. Oh, oh, black men, we, we can't look at them as honorable. No, they beat on women. No, that's not the case. If you actually look at uh, 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 websites like blackdemographics.org and other uh, uh, notable, reputable sources, you find that Black men are, are one of the best fathers and best husbands on the earth, especially in our di diaspora, compared to other segments of the population. So I'm appreciative that she is trying to make an effort to restore the image of men and to unify ourselves. We have to see ourselves as different. Think about this. Why is it that when they say everybody's created equal, right? that we're all one people in America, why do black folk got to be on the bottom? I'm tired of being equal. I want to be the best. I want to excel. I want to be different. I want to be unique. And I see that within my people. I see it in the way we dress. I see that in the way we uh, conduct ourselves as far as music, entertainment, sciences, and all the great things that we brought on the earth. Classical music, for example, when you read in the book of Psalms, it talks about King David playing the harp, okay? That's a classical instrument. Playing the strings, right? That's a classical instrument. We created these things, and now the other nations have taken it for themselves and said, oh, no, we are the inventors of class. No, you're not. Black folks created all of the great things. We are the soil to the earth. Without this earth, society would not exist. The sun and the moon and the stars would not exist without the children of Israel. This whole entire planet, Jen, would be bland as hell if we wasn't on it. <laughs> I know, I, I get it, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely uh, find value in um, changing the narrative. And I think that uh, is you know, key to um, you know, getting a different result and not seeing these same type of stereotypes be perpetuated um, down the line if we you know create productions like this showing you know look look what we can do look you know look who we are so i love it definitely, definitely. yeah and think about this the the greatest man 
the greatest black man to walk on this planet was Jesus the Christ, right? The Messiah, who was described in the Bible as having feet in comparison to fine brass. Brass is a derivative of brown burned in a furnace. That's pure black. And having woolly coiled hair. Woolly hair is that of a sheep, right? That Afro hair that is within the so-called Negro. If we weren't important as a people, why would they change his image to a stringy-haired, blonde-haired Renaissance image by Leonardo da Vinci in the 1400s? You could Google it. His name was Cesare Borgia. He was the son of Pope Alexander VI of Rome. And he was the image that Leonardo da Vinci used as the new image of Jesus the Christ. If we weren't important as a nation of people, why would they steal him and make him Caucasian to cause us to worship Caucasians if he wasn't important? So that shows you that the greatest man to walk upon the earth is described in the Bible as a black man. So if that's the case, what about his mama? What about his daddy? What about his people? You see what I'm saying? So we have to restore that image of the son of God within ourselves. Great, definitely. Anything else to um, add on this topic? <laughs> I know we've been going in on this topic. This is a wonderful topic for me because as a so-called black men, man, I want to commend those that don't want to denigrate our image and mm -hmm. lift us up to the high standard that we were meant to be. Oh, for sure. I, and, you know, in concluding this, I want to encourage the listeners as well to see themselves in a better light. Don't see yourself as the scum of the earth. This should be motivation. Mm -hmm. This should be motivation for you to see yourself as the image of God. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to dig into the rest of the documentary. Um, I'll share that link with you so you can uh, check it out because I know I had to hunt for it <laughs> to find it. Um, yeah, worth checking out. So yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And can you let us know how people can find the Forefront Radio? I'm appreciative of all the listeners and all the support. You can find the Forefront Radio on Spotify, iHeartRadio, as well as our YouTube page. I'm on Instagram as the Forefront Express, on Facebook as the Forefront Media. And always keep in mind that you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And also the truth does not fear investigation. All right, I heard that. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, we. Appreciate having you and thank you guys for listening. And there will be a visual version of this podcast. So uh, check it out, guys. Thanks again. Take care. At this time, we're going to go ahead and conclude the episode. We greatly appreciate you listening. We invite you to follow us on social media on instagram it is woke by accident podcast on twitter it is woke by on facebook it is woke by accident podcast we also have the new website up www.wokebyaccident.net 
please check us out and also follow us on all of your favorite streaming platforms and please leave a review and share feedback. You can also reach out by Gmail, wokebyaccident at gmail.com. And every time you listen, we appreciate it so much. Thank you for listening and take care.